Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You are now listening to Chunk Talk, hosted by me, the host Charlie, and my good friend and co-host Zach. How are you doing tonight? Doing all right, Charlie. We're ready, and we're back doing a little reaction to the group stage FIFA World Cup game with the U.S. and England. Much anticipated game between the two teams, and we're going to go through it just like we did for the last one. Yeah, first off, um, I would say a good result, more better of a great showing of the U.S. team. Obviously, if you're watching or listening to this, you know that we tried, we tied 0-0, um, and honestly, we were deserving of a win. Uh, another game where, in my opinion, we outplayed the team for the majority of the match and come away with a draw. Um, I guess I'll start off the way I did last time. The first 20 minutes, I would say England really controlled the game. Um. Then Weston McKinney had a ball whipped in from, I believe, Tim Weah. Uh, it was either Tim Weah or Haji Wright. Uh, and Weston McKinney just sent it about 10, 20 rows over the bar. Um, that needs to be scored. Uh, about another 10 minutes later, Christian Pulisic um, had a chance to score one of the best goals of the tournament. Uh, about a right on the edge of the box, weak foot. Right around Luke Shaw, hits the crossbar. That's heartbreaking. Um, so they honestly should have came out of that first half. One, two, nothing open. Two nil going into the second half. Um, second half started, You uh, England came out pretty okay-ish, I guess. Um, U.S. still really dominated, in my opinion. Uh, and then we got really flat. Brought on some questionable substitutions, Zach. Um, and the one I'm really upset with was bringing on Shaq Moore for Serginio Dust. Um, I think when Shaq Moore was on the field, he had three fouls and about three turnovers. And then he gave away a corner that, honestly, he got lucky that they didn't score. Um, but Shaq Moore coming off the bench said to DeAndre Edlin, I thought was very questionable, uh, considering me and Tyler both said that he more than likely probably wasn't going to get any playing time because he shouldn't even been on the roster to begin with, especially over the likes of Reggie Cannon. But we're not here to talk about who should have been on the team and who shouldn't have been. Um, but who else we bring? We brought on Josh Sargent, which I'm fine with. But Gio Reyna in the 83rd minute, I don't understand that at all. Um, he's one of your more creative players. Brought him in on the right wing. Um considering that we were flip-flopping between almost like a 4-1-4-1-3-2? It was like a 4-1-2-3. 4-2-3, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was weird. 4-1-2-3. 4-1-2-3, and um, like I said, Tyler Adams, in my opinion, was the man of the match. Um, I saw he won some of the man of the matches. Uh, Christian Pulisic won some other ones. Um, but really, this the two main players that stood out to me, Zach, I don't know about you, was Matt Turner and Tyler Adams. Yeah, you know, I agree. I, mean, I agree. And I'll throw another one out there just to kind of add another one in the mix. I think for the second game in a row, we saw a really, really solid play out of uh, – I can't think of his name right now. I don't know. I do like the sub off of Aronson, Aronson off the bench again. Maybe a little earlier, I think, on the subs next time, but I like him coming off the bench. I didn't like Shaq Moore off the bench. 
like you pointed out, he just kind of, I don't think he pointed it out yet, but we were watching it together and, you know, came in and instantly created some turnovers for us and didn't really push the ball down the field like we really needed it to. Um, but I think our center backs played all right. I know you were criticizing them, but our midfield was really strong in this game, and I really like that. No, yeah, I mean, between Tyler Adams, who I've said already a lot tonight, um, Eunice Musa, who is a absolute animal in that midfield, just putting in tons of tackles, winning the ball back, um, was great. And then Weston McKinney, who was drifting between a uh, central role to an outside role, I thought also played well. Besides not scoring that goal in the middle of the first half, um, just him dis- distributing the ball, um, moving the play on the counterattack, I thought was great, which I said, I, I wish I would have said this in the last pod because I was saying it before this game. I the only way we could have beat England, and I mean, we did it really well, and we, like I said, we should have won this game, was the counterattacking. And the counterattacking was great. I thought with them starting Haji Wright, honestly, it was the right decision. Um, he's the most informed striker. Um, I mean, it was obvious his size and his speed was very important this game because when Josh Sargent came on, he brought nothing to the team as usual. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to point out, I was saying, just to add to your thing, I think Tim Ream, again, solid performance. Um, and it's one of those guys you don't hear his name being called too much, and that's a good thing. There's a lot of mistake-free football on his end, and we like to see that out of our center back. I think that right side is where we had some issues. You know, I think Des didn't play phenomenal. Could have played better, I think. And then I think Zimmerman made a few key mistakes that could have cost us a couple goals, and it didn't actually pan out to anything, but... Back to back games where Zimmerman's made some questionable errors and and it's just hoping that they get smoothed out for next game. Yeah, and then I guess we can keep it in the line of the back line. In my opinion, the best player on the defense was Anthony Robinson. Um, the way he was moving the ball upfield, again on that counterattacking, making those overlapping runs. He's been the best player that's not named Tyler Adams on this team for the last two games. Um I understand you people watch to like always looking at the goals and the assists, but NC Robinson alongside Tyler Adams does the key things. Um, but I mean, other than that, it's like this was as good a result I thought we could have gotten. Obviously, a win would have been great. Um, but this shows that we can compete with the big boys. Um, and really, a lot of it helped with England and their substitutes who they brought on. They did not look good at all, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if they overlooked the U.S. team or the U.S. just played that well. Because that was one of the best games I've seen the U.S. play in a while. And I hate people texting me saying, oh, I'm glad I wasted 90 minutes for a 0-0 tie. Because this game was really entertaining. Yeah, it was a good game. I, I enjoy it. I'm not a huge fan of soccer, like watching soccer. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time watching. And yeah, it was 0-0, but it's not about goals. It's about just like close calls or flow of the game or you know it's just if you don't if you don't like soccer they're not gonna like watching it it's just one of those things i i thought it was a good game to watch myself yeah. as someone who doesn't watch a lot of soccer i mean the u.s they won the expected goals battle um again like another thing i like to point out which really in this tournament hasn't really meant anything i mean the u.s had a 0.93 goals expected and uh england had a 0.48 so other That's than as that, as good as the Shidis are going to get on the U.S.'s part. 
Um, but I say let's let's get into Iran next. Um, give a little well, breakdown. I was going to break down. I think just kind of what the U.S. needs to do going forward. Now that you know, just I mean that is including Iran. So that's just kind of what I wanted to talk about. Um, is I'm more the analytical guy, so I figured I can kind of skin that up for yeah, us a little bit. Let's do that. Yeah. So. With that, you know, and I told Charles this, like when we were walking into that game after the result we had this morning with uh, Iran uh, knocking out Wales 2-0, two goals in the, um, and some stoppage time there, you know, it basically didn't mean much for the U.S. Like if they lose, it's fine. If they, they drew, it's about the same as a loss in terms of what it means for them. And if they win, it was great, but it still still didn't didn't mean, mean anything really. So basically, the only thing that the U.S. really had to do today was not lose to the to England by a lot of goals. And they did that. So they did that's all they had to do. And they did that and more. I think it really just showed us that we can compete. And that's something that's great to, to take forward. But the main thing is we didn't lose. And we didn't lose by a lot. But what that yeah. means going forward with the Iran win is they're second place, but they're a negative two goal differential. US obviously two ties, zero goal differential. Wales is pretty much out of the picture at this point because they have one point and they're two goals back. From us, and so that have that have to be England by three goals to overtake us if we won and they won, and that's very unrealistic. So we can consider kind of Wales out of the picture now. England's probably going to move on, um, even with the loss. Um, that it, they'll be one or two either way, I'd imagine. And I don't think they're secured guaranteed yet, but you know, definitely close. But for us moving forward, we play Iran obviously next Tuesday, and. We have a zero goal differential. They have minus two, but they have three points. We have two points. So basically that what that means for us is we have to win no matter what. I don't matter. Yeah, it, doesn't care. it doesn't matter if it's one goal, two goal, three goal, whatever. It doesn't matter what Wales does, even if they win. We just need to win that game and that's it. And we're in. And all, all Iran does is need, they need to draw and they're in or win. Most more than likely. Obviously that would change if Wales wins. But again, no, yeah. the most likely scenario. There's two things I want to point out to, to this next game, um, obviously, like you said, win and you go in. That's, I think that's been pretty obvious so far. Um, but also, I think not losing this game, the England-U.S. game, was big because soccer is a lot about momentum. Um, in the U.S. eyes, they're still upset because they felt like they deserved a win. But it's not a loss on your back, you know? Yeah, no, uh, morally right, I understand. And I understand this next game is, it's, it's it's a trap game. I mean, you see trap games in all of the leagues. Um, but the US the US play themselves into having all the cards in their hand. If they want to go into the next round, round of 16, all they have to do is win. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe the US wins, England loses, we go top of the group. So, I don't know. I say I I want to break down Iran a little bit. Um, if you don't mind, yeah, like, pull I mean, up. just call it key. What do we have to do to to beat Iran? You know, because I, I know you say this, right? And I told you this earlier, but I Iran's probably going to come in with the idea that they're going to play for a draw unless Wales wins. If Wales ties or they lose, Iran's going to come in playing for a draw. So I feel like U.S. has got to prepare to go all out for a win. You know what I mean? Uh, they. It, I think Iran's going to know before the game, obviously, since they play before well, no. what they have to do. So I don't know if you knew this, um, but they set up 
these games nowadays because back in the past, um, let's say like this happened. So Iran sees that England beats Wales or, yeah, England beats Wales. So that means Wales is eliminated. That means all they need to do is have a tie to get in. So what they changed, Zach, and I don't think a lot of people know this because I honestly found this out um, in a podcast I was listening to earlier this week. Um, and that's surprising because I usually know everything about soccer. At least I think so. So they're making England and Wales also play at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Oh, that's great. So the games yeah. will start at the same time and finish at the same time. So teams aren't looking at the other games and then drastically changing who's playing, who's not playing. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's going to be great for the U.S. Uh, because we might get an Iran team that's playing a little bit more aggressive and risky. We need that to score goals. Yeah. But one thing I want to point out, too, about the U.S. that I think hopefully we can continue going forward is defensively they've been sound. I mean, midfield and defensive back line. I mean, a one goal of the entire tournament so far is, is That really, came on really a PK. Good. Yeah, and it's on a PK, which is it was a, it was a dumb PK. It was no threat whatsoever. So I think that's something to really point out. And hopefully going forward we can neutralize Iran and, and just score one or two and win, skip that game, maybe 2-1, one, 1-0. One, no. Yeah, so... The key to stopping Iran, Zach, they have they have a star player. And obviously, you haven't heard of him. And probably nobody else who's watching the World Cup has really ever heard of him. Um, and that is Taremi. Um, he plays for FC Porto. He plays, uh, which is in the Portuguese League. Um, and he's been one of the best players in the Champions League this year. I think he has five goals in the Champions League, which is the highest stage of soccer that is not for your country. So the key to, to this game, I really think, is to shut down Taremi. Um, otherwise else, I know their other good player, um, Azmoon, I think that's how you say it. I know I'm butchering these names, but they're a little out of my forte, to be honest with you. Um, he plays for Bayer Leverkusen. He's another really good striker, but he picked up an injury while already battling an injury, so I don't know if he's going to be able to play in the U.S. game. I imagine they will, considering what's on the line. But other than that, I mean, go out and win that game. I mean, this you have the cards in your hand. You have your entire lineup that you can pick. You have an injury-free lineup. Some guys are banged up. I know McKinney isn't 100%. Reyna, I have no idea if he's 100%. They're treating him like he is. Um, it could just be Greg doing that. Um, but can I get into how I want to, to set up this U.S. team? Yeah, for sure. Um. My ideal lineup, if it's not Haji Wright, which I really don't want starting, I really don't want to put the Pulisic in the middle. Um, I feel like his creativity today, um, at least just attacking-wise, I think he had three shots. Um, I don't think any of them were on goal. But I would like, obviously, same defense, same midfield. Um, I would throw... Aronson on the left, um, Christian Pulisic in the middle, and then Tim Weah on the right. Um, I still think Tim Weah has looked really good. Um, he was kept a little quiet today, um, but also that England defense played really, really great today, especially Harry Maguire. I know I was bashing him in the preview um, of the group stages, um, but he played amazing and honestly just shut down our or attack almost entirely. All everything came from the midfield, in my opinion, besides Pulisic. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I would go Aronson on the left, Pulisic in the middle, and Tim Way on the right. Um, and honestly, if we're still tied, bring on Reyna early. Take off Wea. Um, there needs to be more creativity um, somewhere in the midfield or in the attacking. Because um, really the only threat, in my opinion, with creativity that's starting between the midfield and the strikers, or the forwards, that is, is Christian Pulisic. I mean, you got three, well, two really big defensive midfielders, and Tyler Adams and Eunice Musa. McKinney's not really an attacking midfielder, and he's not necessarily a defending midfielder. He's just a guy who, I don't want to say does it all, because then I would be saying he's doing both, but he just dominates the midfield, I guess. So... Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think one thing I want to add to it is, as well, I, I think the subs came really late today. And I, and I know maybe that's a decision on, hey, we're playing really well with this with this lineup and we want to keep going forward with it. I think a but lot. I feel like you, want to, you have five subs, and I really feel like you need to take advantage of those to win games. And I think getting someone like Aronson on the field early, earlier, if you can, is nice because he's got a lot of speed and creativity to him. And uh, like you said, Reyna is, is supposed to be the superstar and – and we haven't seen much. We saw some from from Wea, but you know we haven't, we haven't seen much from him in this game. And maybe you put him in earlier to see if you can get some spark going. And I think, no offense, but I, I I don't like the way Des has been playing recently on the on the right necessarily. And McKinney, I think they've been kind of weak. And I think if you need some spark plugs to come in, take them out earlier than the 80th minute. If you really feel like they're not playing up to you what you want, because we we were attacking a lot from that right side today, and a lot of it wasn't working. No, it wasn't. But I think also um, England's left side um, with Raheem Sterling. He's a good attacker, but not so much. Um, not good at dropping back. Um, I don't know why, because Declan Rice was left up on the lined up on the left side, who is a really good defensive midfielder. Luke Shaw is not the greatest. Um, I do think the three, well, four players that are or five players, I guess, that are interchangeable in this team. Right now are Pulisic, Musa, Adams, McKinney, and Robinson. I think anyone else is really changeable. Obviously, Matt Turner's not going out after a clean sheet. Um, Dest, I, I don't know. He's a good player, but he just he can't defend. Um, and he's not really giving that much attacking-wise. I know he had a, a chance today, um, which created a corner, but he could have laid it off, or I think he, he should have had a better shot for the level he's playing at, but that's just also someone who used to play soccer and criticizing you one of the better players in the world. You're nitpicking at that point, but yeah. I agree with you. I think I feel like he did a whole lot of nothing, and he was really just. I think we could maybe be more defensive, but in that same light, you may be thinking, okay, well, you got to you got to beat Iran, not time. So maybe he stays in, and he's good. Don't get me wrong, but I've just watched him in these last two games, and I haven't been impressed. Yeah, but don't be either. But I know he's battling an injury, and he. He had a good a few chances today that probably wants back, but you know. And also, off earlier. the last key I want to point out, and I really wish I would have talked about this when we were covering the recap, was the lack of creativity on set pieces, and mainly that is from the corners. I think they had seven corners yeah, in total. Seven. We had one really, really, really good one. Um, but that's it, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, something needs to change. I don't know if it's set piece taker. Christian Pulisic needs to come off of it. Um, but other than Christian Pulisic's taking it, it'd be Weston McKinney. But like I said, Weston McKinney is one of the best players on the team when the ball's in the air. Um, obviously, Kellen Acosta is our best set-piece taker. Uh, 
But to bring him on the field, you need to take off one of the three people in the midfield, and that's not going to happen in a must-win game. Uh, I do think if the U.S. want to win this game against Iran, they need to score off a set piece. I feel like there's going to be a big set piece late in the game that they're going to have to score, whether that's a free kick. Hopefully it's not a PK because my heart might fall out of my chest while they're taking it, or a corner kick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, take advantage of the set pieces because seven against England, that's a lot for England to be given up. So, yeah, you got anything else? Back to back to back to back for a while, and it was yeah, it was crazy, and we didn't get anything really going. Like I said, we had one really really good one. I think it was right. He did like a little wraparound play on on the corner, and it was like a perfectly placed ball, but not just not quite high enough to get over to the the English defender. And that was probably the only one I really thought we had a chance on. Other than that, it kind of just like we're kicking into a void. It kind of felt like no plan. Yeah. Aiming for Harry Maguire. That's what it looked yeah, like. I feel like. I feel like there should be more of a plan like they had on that one with Wright. And uh, I'm sure they'll get to go fix that, but I doubt they expected to have seven corner kicks either. No, you know, definitely. That's not something, yeah. No like free kicks either. You. Except for if, the last one. If I was to bet on the corners in this game, which I tend to do sometimes, um, I definitely would have took the under on corner kicks just because I feel like the U.S. never really gets that many corner kicks, especially of a team of England's caliber. Um, but it happened. So improve on the – honestly, I would say my big keys, improve on the, the set pieces, shut down Taremi. And get into the round of the 16. Win the game. Yeah, you know, actually, your you know what? Farthering that. Let's go look at Group A. Group A right now, Netherlands have four points. Ecuador has four points. Senegal has one point. And Qatar has zero. So Qatar is already eliminated. And yeah, so honestly, right now... And who, who plays who? So who is Qatar not playing? Netherlands? Yes. So Netherlands probably is going first, I would imagine. I would, yeah. And then it's Senegal, Ecuador, winner goes in. Correct. So in that case, and 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 U.S. is most likely with the win going to be playing second. the Netherlands. Playing the Netherlands. Yes. Which I we already kind of knew that. Which I prefer over Ecuador or Senegal, but I don't want to look too. No, no, I'm just theorizing. You know that we have that in more information now. We can look at it. So, um. That is good, kind of what we expected, and uh, it is in this is, this Iran outcome is kind of what I expected too. In last game, I said really this England game. I said this last week didn't really mean much because, but the other, you know, I chose Charles was saying we needed a point, and we got a point. But at the end of the day, because yeah, now we control our own destiny, we don't even have to worry about the England. No, I know Wales game. But at the end of the day, it's like the biggest game has always been Iran after that first game. No, yeah, we knew that. I mean, yeah, it just yeah. goes to show you how much that. Tied of Wales hurts us. Yeah, and if we would have won versus Wales, we're sitting pretty at four points, and we're just looking for a draw. Yep. And it's a lot better, a lot better story. And and really, it all boils down to one one Zimmerman mistake on the back line. I mean, but it is Which what sucks. it is. We, we played flat that Wales that second half. We didn't deserve it anyway. And this and this in this game, we probably did deserve. I feel like. Played a lot better than an England team who came out really flat, and you know it's good to see. But we got to finish those out, and we can't settle for another tie. One thing though, I wish happened is that, and this is very likely it could have happened. Iran and Wales almost tied. 
And that would have been instrumental for us because it would have allowed us to have the chance to tie Iran and still move on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I woke up at 530 to actually watch that game. Which, you know, that would have been amazing because we could just go in and tie three games in a row and, and make it out. It would be really funny. But unfortunately, it's not what happened. And we gotta we got to win these games and get a win, which I think everyone's tired of watching scoreless games and they woke up. Yeah. I mean, there's there's already been five through 20 games and there were zero in the last World Cup. Yeah, I think, and I think it shows the quality of these teams, but at the same time, it's like we need some scoring. No, so, definitely. We've seen some electric goals this this World Cup. Hopefully, the U.S. can be a part of that next game. Yeah, probably. I'd say the but, biggest uh, game in U.S. U.S. history in the last couple of decades. Yeah, I mean they got they got out of the group in 2014 with four points. Um, so it's doable. And like I said, four points will get you out of this group, and that's well, we'd have five. That's obvious but... now. <laughs> Well, I mean, if yeah, well, now it is five. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Yeah, well, um, I mean, four would still get us out, though. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you for tuning into another episode of Check Talk. Um, next episode that we'll be dropping, um, it's going to be another World Cup episode. It's either going to be positive vibes or it should be negative vibes. Um, but thank you for tuning into another episode of Check Talk. We appreciate all the love and support. Uh, follow our socials at Chuck Talk underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And thank you and have a blessed day.